the hottest event of the summer is in the books, but was it really all it was cracked up to be? More questions than answers, perhaps. As we are here on Bunker Mania Wrestling to discuss the 2023 edition of SummerSlam. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am Jeremy Graves. If you're a first-time watcher or listener, thank you very much for giving us a chance. Today, I will be discussing the Summer SummerSlam, excuse me, 2023 premium live event with, of course... I was going to say the co-captain of the ship, but really, he is the captain of the ship in the grand scheme of things. It is, of course, the Decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton. Good sir, have you recovered from the hottest event of the summer? I mean, it was raining the next day, so it wasn't really that hot. Yeah, I think, I think, I think the correct thing. Well, it was, it was raining on Saturday. It was raining on Saturday. I was in London for most of the day on Saturday. It was raining, so it was, it was the wettest event of the year. And that that sounds wrong on so many levels, which we're not going to go into. But I should deserve I deserve a captain's hat now. If I'm if I'm technically the captain of the ship, I deserve a captain's hat. I don't know. I could be like Captain Lou Al uh, is Albano. Uh, Albano. Albano. But yeah. Albano. Yes. Do the Mario. <laughs> do, do, do 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 Lots of different connotations there. Link it all together in the, in the comments. There we go. But yes, I'm doing well. Good. Glad to hear it. But folks, on our prediction show. We had a third person with us and we thought, you know what? I think to complete the circle of discussion, as it were, to really get a good idea as to a variety of people's thoughts on the show, we welcome back Harriet Manga Girl to the show. Harriet, welcome back. And are you ready to talk SummerSlam? Oh, yeah, I am actually. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. <laughs> it would be a problem if you weren't ready to talk about SummerSlam. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm here to talk, but I don't really want to talk about SummerSlam. I want to talk about, I don't know. Ducks. <laughs> I mean, it is wet enough for me. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to make trying to make this work. So, sure thing. I mean, side side note, side note. I live about probably five minutes from a duck pond, which has the best name. It is Duckingham Palace. Oh, amazing! <laughs> it's just a tiny little shack in the middle of a lake where the ducks just swim up and just waddle around, going, "There's no bread here." All right, back into the water we go. <laughs> We're just just the, just the words in just the, the most the most plainest of fonts of Duckingham Palace. It's majestic, especially. For I, I've got absolutely no segue from that, so I'm just going to say, folks, if you are a first time listener or watcher, thank you very much for checking us out. If you're joining us in the audio only realm via the likes of Spotify, Apple Podcasts, no matter where you have found us, make sure if you enjoy the show to not only tell a friend but to hit the subscribe button so that you can be kept up to date with all future podcasts that we bring you as and when they are available. And of course, if you're watching the video version on YouTube, of which, hi YouTube, hope you're doing well. If you enjoyed today, why not leave a comment below, hit the like button, and if you feel so inclined, hit the subscribe button too. So folks, SummerSlam 2023, we talked about it last week, we gave our predictions as to how things were going to go. There's a lot to discuss, I think. And in the interest of, of fairness, given that I may have a lot to say about this show, uh, Ian, to begin with you, general brief thoughts on the show as a whole. I'll tell you what, as an easy way to describe it, a thumbs up, down, or in the middle for you? I'd say probably in the middle-ish overall, I suppose. I think there have been there are some very good matches on here. There's there's definitely one or two excellent bits of bits of wrestling on this. I think sometimes the I think some matches have not necessarily been not say probably fought out, but I guess it's like it was an idea which didn't really come to fruition. And we're going to talk about one particular match on that later on, on on the show as well. And main event itself, I mean, the result is not surprising. I think it's how we get to the result 
is kind of is kind of the thing that's kind of made people kind of go, why? But why though? All that sort of stuff. And that's obviously what the YouTube channel video is called today. It's like Jimmy, but why? In a in a confused state of mind. Um, but yeah, I I I didn't regret spending my time with the show. Um, I still had some enjoyment with matches, um, but it's probably not what I would I would go my way to return to, to be perfectly honest. Harriet, how about you? Thumbs up, down, or in the middle? Middle as well. It was um, wasn't the best of the last few pay per views we've seen. There have been better. Um, like Ian said, there are some good, there are some bad, there are lots of questions. Oh boy. <laughs> um, some matches you know, lived up to what they were supposed to. Some didn't hit the mark. Um, but in all, it was okay. I actually watched some of the matches again because just to refresh because Sunday's a while away, so I just need to refresh on one or two things. But yeah, it, it was just like, yeah, not the best, not the worst, but I, I was... Not disappointed, but I think because in the long run of the pay-per-views we've been having have been really good, you're thinking, oh, it's going to carry on with that momentum, but it kind of fell flat a little. But then again, I think you're going to have, not everyone's going to, not every one of them is going to be perfect. So yeah, in the middle for me. So full disclosure, folks, thumbs way freaking down for me, just to be really <laughs> blunt about it. I thought this show <laughs> was bad that said there were a couple of genuinely really good moments so i will at least not make it bang on six o'clock on if you're looking at the clock it may be more like a, a 528 as it were sort of thumbs down <laughs> to sort of add that perspective but yeah i just thought this show as a whole was slow ploddy boring quite frankly throughout a lot of it i just thought there was no atmosphere and compared to recent pre well most premium live events this year this just felt the flattest. And whether that's just because of the, the, the venue they were in, because I know it is like a big football stadium. I think it's the same venue as WrestleMania 23, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. There was just everything about this, just, to me, just felt really dull and flat. Not helped, being quite frank here, by the fact that they had a video package with Kid Rock at the beginning of the show, which I could say a lot of things about Kid Rock, but for the sake of time, sod him. And of all the things, and this should have been the clear sign that this was going to be a bad show, in my opinion, of which I appreciate I'm also in the minority on, on this opinion. I'm just saying that for clarity. When Kid Rock's talking about Summer Slams of the past, he references like the first Summer Slam. Then he goes forward and randomly mentions, in a good way, Summer Slam 1995, which nobody does for a reason, because it's bad. Which one's and that? Kid Rock. Which one's that? Is that is that is that uh, it, it, it Diesel was and Mabel? Evented, it was main evented by Shawn Michaels, uh, not Shawn Michaels, sorry, uh, by Diesel and Mabel. But the, yeah. the, the one okay thing about the show was the Razor Ramon v Shawn Michaels ladder rematch. So the fact that that got mentioned, I probably should have taken that as a sign. But to bounce on something that you said, Ian. I regretted watching this show, genuinely. At the time, when I got done with it, I was angry. But that could be for various other reasons. And again, I appreciate I'm in the minority on this. A few days on, I've maybe tapered off my feelings ever so slightly. I do have my exact notes that I sent to a friend of mine who said, why did you think the show was bad? So I can literally recount to you my angry thoughts about it. Hmm. But but let, let's, let's move on. Otherwise, I could talk about that all day. So the show began 
with Logan Paul and Ricochet. And this was being built, as we talked about in the preview, as trying to be the most viral match or one of in WWE history. Personally speaking, I don't feel they got anywhere near that. That's not taking away from, from those two in the match themselves and their ability, as well as everyone else throughout the evening. But they were definitely trying to do some really creative stuff. Both of their athleticism, if I could even dream of doing some of the stuff they do, you know, I'd be a millionaire, quite frankly, probably. <laughs> but I thought they really gave it their all, but it just it just didn't click for me. But again, appreciating I'm in the minority. Harriet, how about you on this? What did you think of, uh, of Mr. Paul cheating to win against Senor Ricochet? A win's a win, I suppose. <laughs> it's his first win, isn't it? So, um, or is it? I'm not sure. His um, first win for a while because yeah. he would have lost money in the <clears throat> bank. Then he lost to Seth Rollins at Mania. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. before that, would it have been he was in the Royal Rumble, wasn't he? Because there yeah, was that yeah. ricochet that started it all. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Then before that, how am I remembering all this? Was it the Roman match? <laughs> yeah. He and, the knee injury, oh, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, and then at last SummerSlam, he beat The Miz, <laughs> and then earlier in that year, <laughs> Mania, he beat wow. Darman Ray in with The Miz. So, oh, well. so first so, win in a while. So yeah. free, free for free, 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 free wins, free losses. Mm. There yeah. we go. As a random thought, this is probably a separate podcast at some point. We should probably just do like Logan Paul's rookie year report for WWE. Oh, wow. <laughs> because as a concept, it's quite a fascinating year, but we can come back to that accordingly. But sorry, Harry, I, I cut you off there. No, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, it wasn't the viral moment they were expecting for the fact that Corey Graves kept mentioning it every five minutes. So it's like the viral thing's going to happen. I'm like, Okay, Prut deliver, but I think it was. I did like the way that Logan kind of stopped Ricochet from doing anything high flying because you know that's his thing, and it was kind of impressive how he did that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was it was okay. I I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to find. <clears throat> this is one of the matches I was looking forward to, but was kind of a little bit disappointed with because it was just like expect not uh, not to enjoy all the flippy bits and everything but it kind of mm. <laughs> listen to our last po- predictions podcast folks you'll get the context for that completely <laughs> oh dear well, um, Harry, let, let, let me ask you this then because yeah. was it the fact of the way the match finished that you had that feeling because the fact it was just according to michael cole like some logan paul guy or lackey or whatever it was yeah. who just gave him a set of brass knucks after they had really put their all into this match. Was it the fact it was that kind of ending that annoyed you? Or was it just everything as a whole and the way it built up? I think everything as a whole that built up because it didn't really... <clears throat> the build-up to it was kind of slow. It was only like in the last week kind of... I feel like with a lot of these matches, the last episodes before the pay-per-view kind of like, okay, let's just get everything together. Come on, let's hype it up, hype it up sort of thing. And this was one of them. Um, <clears throat> the ending... <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the ending, I kind of was expecting shenanigans, but not in that sense. I was expecting probably KSI to pop out again and interfere. So the brass knucks kind of made sense in the end for that to happen. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to find good points about it, but I'm not. But in in all, it was an okay match. It was just, I, and obviously they. I was right in regards to there would be shenanigans. I thought the announcer would be announced. They did reference the fact that she was wearing the same colours as Logan. And it was just like, <laughs> oh, Collusion! <dear."> Collusion! 
<laughs> she's like she's wearing yellow. Okay, she chose to wear yellow that day, not red and blue. So <laughs> Didn't Logan Paul's fiance get involved in some regard? I vaguely remember. She, they kissed. I think. Oh, they just kissed. Okay. They just kissed, was, and then there was a kid in the crowd that handed the prime bottle. Yes. Of <laughs> which, Twice. of which, at, at events, they're not cheap. I mean, no. I've got. I go to Arsenal games. They're like a fiver a bottle. It's like, what the heck? Give that child. Actually, don't give that child his prime back. Actually, I take that back. That's kind of cheap, to be fair. But, <laughs> but everyone, how much they are. But everyone, it's brand synergy. He, it's like I've got a prime, but I've got to, got to do the sponsors proud. Got to do the company proud by drinking mid-match. That sort of stuff. But, um, but I, I did yeah. like the fact that he, Logan, did play to the crowd like just hyping up how much of a heel he is and just like playing with it which is probably a good thing of the match but yeah I would have liked to have seen more stunts mm. it mm. didn't happen and yeah so in all okay not great Ian let me ask you this so you can then go into your thoughts do you think the placement of this match at all impacted the perception of it i'm not entirely sure what you thought of it admittedly but based on our mine and harriet's thoughts do you think the placement impacted it um i think the reason the placement happened is because i think jake paul was fighting a match later yeah. on in the evening so logan wanted to be there for it so this was probably the only way the match was going to probably happen on the same night um could have been on the pre-show you know <laughs> it could be could be but no i think Never. usually usually with with opening matches you put something in where you think I think the thing with opening matches this year is you put something in that will get the crowd's attention exactly. so there's there's probably nothing wrong with putting Logan Paul and Ricochet first it's and it could be an energetic kickstart to the to the premium live event um I feel like it was a match that didn't necessarily get into like fifth gear it was mostly between three and four in terms of gears um i mean there was the nice spot of logan paul doing a buckshot area outside of the ring that was mental from inside to the outside and there's me just thinking oh hangman page mate i'm sorry but <laughs> unless you can do that too you know <laughs> it's like I'm, i think we have to hand it to logan now i'm sorry it's just that damn good at times and it look and it looks good as well that's the thing with, mm. i mean Obviously, Hammond Page does it well as well. It's just, it's just the way how in like a year and a bit, Logan can just pull that move off and just make it look effortless. Mm. From in and, going and that's the, the thing, isn't it? It's the fact yeah. it's effortless. It's like, yeah. come on, buddy, can you can you just give me one thing in life <laughs> that I can do, please? <laughs> so yeah, I think I think it never really properly got into that that high high gear of of flips. And flippy things. There we go. I said the thing. <laughs> and the whole thing of building up uh, Ricochet's uh, real life girlfriend, uh, Samantha Irwin, who is the ring announcer, and not really playing into it that much, even at the bell. It just, it just seemed, it just seemed very throwaway or something that I think Crave had an idea for, but just didn't follow through on it. And it just felt a bit weird at the end of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a fine match. I mean, I wouldn't mind them going at it again if they have a rematch down the line. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Maybe they'll be. Maybe now that they've done a match together and they've got an element of okay, we know how we can work with one another. They could probably elevate it to another level. It's yeah, it's it was it was fine. It was it was all right. Next up, it was Cody Rhodes defeating Brock 
Lesnar in the second match on the show. In the interest of just sort of going back around the circle the other way around, Ian, I'll let you begin this time. Thoughts on this epic clash of encounters and the exceedingly long entrance by Senor Cody. Oh, well, it's obviously Cody's going to have that long entrance now, isn't he? You've got, you've got to let the crowd sing along. You've got to let them and go also, the world. I wonder if he genuinely may have got a record for how many fans he high-fived, because he was high-fiving everyone. <laughs> Jeremy, that's Babyface Fire. He's got a, he's got a high-five all, all the young Cody Rhodes fans as they go along. Give them a hug. Give a weight belt to one of them, that sort of stuff. Um but yeah, I I think this is probably one of the bright sparks of the of the card. It's like I think a lot of people were kind of going into Cody versus Brock Free going, okay, more of the same. But I think the the story aspect of the match, of just particularly how this match has been built, of basically Brock gets Brock easy, gets the advantage, throws people out and about. Um two seconds, my screen went blank for a second. Um Brock has the advantage, throws Cody about throws him out of the ring and and warns him to save himself and just stay out of the ring. And every time Cody kind of goes, nah, and goes back in, it gets worse and worse to the point that he gets F5'd on the floor, through the table, and Cody still, just by the skin of his teeth, calls back in to do the sort of like, the big sort of fired up baby face return. And I think he nailed him with probably two or three crossroads. I can't I think remember. It was three in the end. Three, three. crossroads, that stuff. But um, it was. I mean, the layout of the match was very kind of. You could see how where it was going, but I kind of still I liked it because it was it was good psychology. It was good narrative storytelling, and the surreal thing at the end of seeing Brock offer a handshake and a hug, which was apparently unplanned as well. It's kind of like, well, have you got that sort of endorsement by Brock? You must be doing something right, mm-hmm. in that sort of way. But um, no, I thought this was—I think out of the three, this is probably the most entertaining and the most, I think, satisfying of them. Because I think with with backlash, we have the sort of the sudden roll-up win. With night of champions, we have the passing out win. With this one, there was definitive win. Harriet, how about you? I did enjoy this match. I I thought it was well told out. Um, really loved the ending i didn't realize it was unplanned until later on um i loved the way like brock was telling cody don't come back for your own good that that was probably one of my favorite parts of the match was just like i'm gonna pretty much i am gonna destroy you if you keep coming back in this ring i'm literally just gonna throw you out (laughs) and it was kind of brock being human i suppose like you've never really seen that to him before where he's given mercy to his opponent like literally given him a, a chance to like don't wrestle me I will you know who I am I will literally just destroy you which I thought was really good and then oh god every time Cody went back in the ring I was like is he gonna make is he ah oh, he made it fair play and then I was just like <laughs> oh well you're in the world of hurt now you, you know you're just gonna make Brock even angrier but yeah I, I thought it was great and then Oh, it was just good. I I really enjoyed this match. It was just a great way to end it. Another the book is closed now of that of those chapters, and now Cody can move on. He's got like the endorsement of of Brock, and yeah, I I honestly just really really enjoyed this match. It just really warmed my heart. I don't know why. It was just like oh, I just felt yay. <laughs> hmm. 
the whole thing at the end of the match when it came to Brock sort of raising Cody's hand, giving him the sign of respect. I really, really enjoyed that because, and it makes complete sense in hindsight, because it was the most gen, it was one of the most genuine things on the show. Mm. It was just that there was a different feeling about it, especially because when's the last time you ever saw Brock do that? I genuinely can't recall him ever actually doing that, unless maybe it was with The Undertaker one time. Someone like earlier on him, in his career? I think. I, I thought I saw a clip earlier on, but I can't remember off the top of my it's head. It's very rare, though, either way. It's a very yeah. it's ultra rare occurrence. It's like an ultra rare Pokemon, I, you know. I think maybe Kurt Angle at Mania. After might... he nearly, um, yeah, nearly broke his neck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think there was a brief sort of respectful hug or something like that at the yeah. end of the match. Yeah. But it's a I very rare occurrence, that. though. And yeah. that's why that stood out so much. And also Cody's reaction to it as well, probably being, what the heck? What's yeah. going on? This, this, this isn't in the script. Please don't have me. Please don't have me. <laughs> I, I, that's pretty what he thought was going to happen quite yeah. frankly. It's like, I've had too many F5s, Brock. Stop. My book, <laughs> my book can't take any more of it. <laughs> but yeah, I... On reflection, this match was really good. And you both have echoed sort of where I'm at with it now. But at the time... Again, maybe I was just in the grump from having to see Kid Rock, quite frankly. That's the only thing I could really think of at this point. But I just, I wasn't into this match. My feeling throughout at the time was you've already had two matches. In the second match, Cody fought you with a broken arm while wearing a cast. He's going to keep coming back. He's not, just destroy him. Like, this doesn't need to happen. Just just do it, quite frankly. That, that was where my head was at. Mm. But by the end, I really, really enjoyed it. So they won me over. It was in essence kind of a, a weird, it was a sort of proto, but not last man standing match. Because it was all based kind on a of. count out in that sense. But by the way, though, come the ending, really, really happy. Uh, now, we may talk about this afterwards. I don't know what is currently next for Cody. There's an obvious assumption where in long term it's going to go. So it'll mm. be interesting to see ultimately where they go from this. So. Either way, good stuff come the end of it. And then we got a battle royal. The short version of this, there were 25 people. Only AJ Styles, The Miz, and LA Knight got an entrance. LA Knight won after beating Sheamus. The end. I think there are some little bits and pieces here that we've not really mentioned here. Yeah, well. I mean, now look, okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm not just trying to do a bit now, but honestly, yeah. this was actually one of my most enjoyable things on the show. Mm. I actually thought this was just good fun. There were some fun moments in it. Chad Gable had a few good moments in there. Mm. A few other people got to have some good moments in there as well. This, it, it's a battle royal, so it's not going to be, it's not a Royal Rumble or anything, but this was, this was fine. In a good way. It's a good fine, as it were. And come the end of it, I was like, good. LA Knight got his win. The people got what they want, basically. And that's what this needed to be. Uh, yeah. Harriet, you first. Thoughts on this? Yeah, pretty good. I I, I actually, this is another one I enjoyed because I think almost got an entry as well because I think MP, MP3 introduced him. Yes. MVP, yeah. M MVP, yeah. He was, yeah. Um, yeah, it was like, it was 25, and then he was like, no, no, no. Almost goes in there. Almost came out and <laughs> and I think he, I think he did eliminate one or two people, but then everyone just went. Let's just get on. It's like this is like, well, don't 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 just say we're this this very tall strong man is entering, but they was just going to go get him. Yeah, <laughs> and they did. It's called the Logan Paul because that's what they did last time. At, uh, <laughs> the get him. Like, get him. <laughs> um. No, it was very good. I. I... Right person won. 
definitely i was just thinking about time because it's just been so long i know there's no prize to it as such it's just a sponsored match well oh. well maybe well maybe the 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 new slim jim advert with la knight and bianca Belair is the prize <laughs> which was somehow filmed and completed way before this match so <laughs> a prize for who for them or for us <laughs> I mean, based on the advert, for everyone possibly, True. except music teachers, they might get they might get hurt by just someone shouting "yeah" at them after <laughs> Slim Jim. I mean, Jim, I mean, for me, for me, this is this was fine. I think the thing that made it kind of interesting was the fact that all these other stories were actually playing out coherently mm. as well because mm -hmm. we've we've talked about sometimes i think not this year's rumble but last year's rumble how things just felt very disjoint in terms of why are you fighting this person now this makes mm. no sense but you have the thing of gable fighting off imperium like eliminating mm -hmm. kaiser vinci and all that sort of stuff you've got um you've got for example you have bronson reed champa and nakamura still having their their little gripe with one another and all that sort of stuff and that was all playing into it as well Carrion Cross. Yeah. absolutely or yeah. Hollywood <laughs> Sullivan Bo Brown as I like to call him now yeah, so quick tangent I did not recognise Carrion Cross. I've not watched Smackdown in a while <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely looked at him and thought who the heck is that Carrion Cross? I was like oh my god your hair <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he is, he is uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely comparison but I think it's now Hollywood Sullivan Bo Brown it's it's basically that's basically how I think most people have kind of gone. Now I remember yeah. a core memory got unlocked there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, Garion Cross's hair. Who'd have funk it? He's trying to grow it out like AJ. It's a gimmick. It's a gimmick change. Have hair. All right. TikTok. There was part of me just thought. He... <laughs> there was part of me just thought. Is he going through his emo phase? <laughs> I mean, he comes out to a very slow. Tension building rock out thing and has a giant hourglass half the time and shouts TikTok. I think he's still in the in the emo goth phase, but now he's got the stage of tarot. <laughs> yeah, there's tarot as well. And basically, all it is now is like gotta gotta have some locks, gotta have some emo bangs to just kind of show that doomsday is upon us <laughs> or something like that. Oh. But either way, though, this was fun. And also, in my opinion, this was one of the few things on the show the crowd was actually really into throughout. Mm. You could actually hear them. Yes. Oh, this is going to sound so harsh, but I'm just going to say anyway. What you couldn't hear the crowd through, though, except for a couple of people being very vocal in their opinion of it, was the MMA match between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Now, I will say, because I remember on the prediction show, you talked about how like the interviews they had done were kind of really building this up. The video package for this match was fantastic. I loved it. And I was really hyped for this. And about three minutes later, I really wasn't. <laughs> because unfortunately, yeah. this match suffered from... What's the way to phrase this coherently? It's a WWE crowd being made to watch an MMA inspired match because it wasn't even shoot fighting it was just an mma feeling match and the moment as if the, you sort of have, have a job in itself to try and get the crowd into it the moment everyone lost interest was when suddenly the referee gave shana like a 10 second like oh hang on have a little rest and effectively did what the equivalent in MMA of a referee stoppage which means in mma the match is over even ronda started shouting I've won then, surely, because you've stopped it. 
And as soon as that happened, it's like, oh no, guys, I just want you just to, to pummel each other. Like that's what everyone wants to see. And we didn't get it, quite frankly. But ultimately, Shayna did get the win by submission as well, which I think, if I remember reading correctly, is the first time that Ronda has submitted in her WWE career. So mm-hmm. it is actually a notable win for Shayna. It should, in theory, do a heck of a lot for her. What if, if at all, it has done at the moment? I don't know because, again, haven't really read up on what happened the night after, two days after on Raw, excuse me. But either way, this was a missed opportunity. And from some of the rumblings going around, it sounds like this was not at all what Ronda and Shayna wanted to do, and that there was a lot of let's say interference in the in the direction of how this ultimately played out on the event itself. So, Ian, we'll start with you this time. Thoughts on this MMA match? Good in concept, bad in execution. I think, I, I think honestly, the, the best route they probably should have done is a submissions match. Because mm. if, they're, if, they're, if their finishes are both submissions, why do you just have a submissions match? And you can still have the WWE element of a fight going on. And you can still bring in those sort of arm bars, chokeholds, and that sort of stuff because... That's what they're that's what they're known for and all that sort of stuff. Um yeah, this 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 was just dull. This this was just dull. It's just like it's like impre- like I said, impracticality and idea and ideas like okay, this this will probably work. And the video package was was definitely leading this to be something interesting. And then it just wasn't. And it's just like you you feel the air leave the room very quickly. When that match starts, it's like, oh, all right then. And it's a, and it's a shame as well, quite <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Harriet, how about you? Your thoughts? No, just the yeah, people left as well <laughs> during that. Oh my God, what a letdown. I was on, and you heard me last week. I was hyped. I was hyped after that video package thinking, oh, this is going to be my match tonight. It's going to be great. And then by the end of it, I was just like, well, what the heck was that? <laughs> it was just mm. not good. I um, I don't watch a lot of MMA. I only see bits when it's on U- YouTube or stuff like mm. that. But this seemed very kidified. It was just like, it didn't seem... I know it's PG as well, but I know there were a few hits that were like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. But also... <sighs> very bad it was just yeah i just did not by the end of it i think this is when i started to dip thinking okay Mm. i don't know i don't like where this is going and i didn't know in regards to things were like interference was as such and it's a shame because i know these these two women when given what they're given in their speciality of mma it could have been really good this could have been match of the night but instead it turned out to be a match you don't really want to watch again and you know it's probably going to end up on lists in years to come sadly of not being that good and it oh I mean mean, the thing the thing it kind of cements the second run of Ronda Rousey has been a fairly damp squid if I'm perfectly honest Um, she returned almost like begrudgingly because they was like when she came back and won the rumble last year and and we had the we had the odd couple of weeks of Ronda not liking talking to fans and then all of a sudden <laughs> Ronda likes talking to fans for some reason and all that sort of stuff and, and then, there were like reports going around online and Ronda going off on on Twitter if memory serves at some of those yeah. reports yeah. yeah yeah all that sort of stuff and I think she had the she had the brief title run between 
uh, WrestleMania Backlash up to like Money in the Bank when Liv won and stuff like that. And it's just kind of it's and then she like, got an elbow injury as well, so then that kind of derailed yeah. things a bit. The, yeah, mm. this 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 run has has been well. The only thing I think the second run has had, which I actually enjoyed quite a bit, was her arguments with Adam Pearce and and all that. There was that there was that thing halfway through. I think the summer where basically she she just got angry at Adam Pearce, and most of the time Adam Pearce was running for his life, which was quite. <laughs> <fun to> watch. <laughs> Watch. I think even Drew Gulak was was used as like a, a prop to destroy by Ronda in one of the one of the segments as well. But other than that, I just I I can't say Ronda's second run in WWE has been, been memorable. To be perfectly mm. honest, I think it's just been it seemed a bit off from the start, mm. and that's and I think and it, it's sad. It's kind of it really has gone out with a bit of a a damp squid. Yeah, it's, hindsight yeah. is a wonderful thing in any elements of life but mm. upon reflection i think this could have been salvaged for want of a better word mm. in two different ways one kind of echoing to what harriet was saying about some of the shots feeling let's just use the word stiff as it were like it felt more legit as it were some of the shots they were throwing at each other basically just have this be a minute long like quick brawl and then have Shayna just get a quick submission get the tap out like an mma fight might be that mm. might have been one way to have saved her because people may not have expected it to be that quick, but also action-packed, and then people almost being left like, oh, man, I want more of that. That would have been one way to have done it. The other, though I appreciate we're long since removed from this sort of realm of wrestling now, this might have... I referenced in passing in the prediction show, like, could it be like a Lion's Den match from Circuit Attitude Era? Mm. Again, I think an alternative for this, though I'm sure people in the arena would not have been happy about it, would be have this be a cinematic match and make it like a three to five minute long cinematic battle that's got some really cool, unique cuts, almost like it's a film. Mm. And you mm. could make it come across like you want to in that way. And I think maybe then you could have salvaged it in a very controlled environment in that way. But otherwise, yeah, it's just, it's a missed opportunity. This is a real shame. It could have been, they could have done a fighter's pit match or fight, whatever the, the cage thing they did for Rollins and Riddle last year at Extreme Rules. Was oh, it... what the heck was fight that pit. called? There fight you go. Pit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not, yeah. not fighter's pit, fight pit. But yeah, that was that was more in line to being, well, it's pinfall or submission. And mm. and again, again, there's an opportunity that you could have said that it's the first ever women's uh, fight pit match. Mm. There. So there's a little bit of injury. I mean, the last two fight, I mean, there's been only a couple of fight pit matches, I think most in NXT with I think Riddle and like Timothy Thatcher and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so again, there's that element of combat, mixed martial artists in a way, and that, that stipulation might have might have worked as well. And mm. again, you could have brought you could have brought in a celebrity referee or something like that and made it a bit more mm. a bit more up the stakes a bit. And then you can still had, have because oh, sorry, pardon me for cutting you off there. They brought in Daniel Cormier for the Riddle Rollins one, yeah, didn't they? They did. They did. Mm. They did. So it's like there was probably opportunities to still have that element of a mixed martial art feel, but also comfortably deal with the sports entertainment side of things mm. because it wasn't because this match was not entertaining. I mean, and also, yeah. And also the fact I know that there's a merger now with UFC. So for people who have never seen MMA before, you know, this could have been a good introduction in regards to it. 
for them to watch it in the future, but this probably wasn't the best way to advertise it either. So I had not considered that as a viewpoint. But, just... but, <laughs> but this is this is when Shane McMahon comes out on crotches, still after his, <laughs> his crotches. Now this is this is this is SummerSlam Underground. Yeah, <laughs> but the matches are real. It's like everything Shane, turns please, dark. <laughs> Shane, please leave the arena. You're causing a scene. He's with but, the crutches but, going like that. <laughs> Which way did I go? Which way did I go? <laughs> uh, but you know what was next, though? It's like, okay, so we've had that match. Next up, it's Drew and Gunther. Mm. And at that point, I'm thinking, okay, right. Giant men slapping each other like just swabs of meat, as it were. This is going to be good fun. Unfortunately, I don't think this was at all. I think th this was just a victim of what had been before it as well. Mm. I don't think everything gelled well. I loved the ending, though. When Drew was sort of going up on the top rope with Gunther, he slips, gets crotched on the rope, and then Gunther just does his, let's call it his awkward-looking splash, because it's wonderful how old school it looks, <laughs> quite frankly. And he just gets up, hits him a couple of times, does a powerbomb, pins him. I loved that ending, because it was just, that's what, wrestling should be in some way you just have that moment of oh wow that that kind of like i was just saying about the ronda and shana thing have it be 30 seconds where suddenly it's over in the blink of an eye almost that's what i loved about the end of this match but just throughout i just don't think it reached the heights it it could have got to it was certainly by no means a shameless gunther from clash at the castle but it also didn't even really, in my opinion, get to the level of the WrestleMania three-way match involving these two men and Sheamus. Which, mm. a shame, but it, it, it was what it was. Still enjoyed it for what it was, but I think my expectations were far higher, which may be why I wasn't as into this. But uh, Harriet, your thoughts on this match? Yeah, out of the matches we've seen with, with Gunther, this doesn't top, but it, it's just like, there have been previous matches, like you said, the triple threat was extremely good. Um, and it is pretty much what you've seen before, you know, literally slapping the living heck out of each other. And also the fact you kind of know now that Drew probably wasn't going to win it because they want to run with the, uh, with the record. So yeah, getting to the honky tonk man's record. We're nearly there. I think it's like 30 odd days now to go. The day after payback, he breaks it. Okay. I... Right. Uh, my dream scenario, just to deviate for a sec. Mm. Gunther just has an open challenge at payback. So it could just be anyone that walks out and it's the freaking honky tonk man. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my God. <laughs> Jeremy, if that is to happen, I am pretty certain the honky tonk man is going to die. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Maybe he'll come up being like, I'm going to defend my record. And then he looks at Gunther and just goes, nah. Actually, you know what? You're all right. You're good. You're fine. <laughs> Just walks off playing the guitar. Yeah, and, <laughs> it, 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 and it, it said it's... Rick Boogs come back. Like, the next best thing, Rick, Rick Boogs for the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just broke Ian with that. Wow! Wow. <laughs> so I was not a fan of Frick Boogs. <laughs> I, mean, I, we, we, I know, I know, but I'm, as a competitor, yeah, I know. I don't mind Rick Boogs, but <laughs> perhaps just send someone out there who 
actually will probably have an actual chance of winning for the. It deserves it. Oh, do you know what? That okay. You know what? Let Let's park that conversation for a second about yeah. him like dethroning Gunther. Maybe we'll come back to that at the end of the podcast as it works. I think that's yeah. that's definitely worth talking about because yeah. at this point there is a really big question of who at this stage. So mm. so let, let let's park that to one side for a second and let's sort of keep on yeah. on the match as it were for mm. now. But so Ian, your thoughts on this match then? Um, it was it was fine. I mean, again, it's like I think this was a match that didn't necessarily live up to the bill, billing, but I think that's because in some elements where we've been treated to two really good sort of matches, we're kind of going, oh, this is this is it's got to be an A plus match, got to be a five star match, or be on straight away. And it's like, and when that obviously doesn't feel like it's going to happen, it's kind of like, oh, we sound on it a little bit. Um, but this, but again, the the funny thing is, this is the first time Drew and Gunter in any promotion have had a one on one match. So it's kind of like, okay, this is like possibly a feeling out kind of state of affairs, really. Um, I mean, it did, it did get heavy hitting because you you can end up seeing like the the, oh. the red marks forming on Drew's chest and all that sort of stuff. So the handprints don't lie. They, no. they don't lie. They don't <laughs> lie. But I I do like I it's like I'm with you, Jamie. I do like the sudden kind of like the sudden pounce of gum of just doing splash, then lariat, then. Powerbomb. It's kind of like you've got three finishes on WWE 2K23 and you just <laughs> spam it all. You just go, I'm going to do clothesline from hell, clothesline from hell, F5, I've won. Yay. <laughs> that sort of thing. That's what it kind of reminded me of, really. Mm. But, um, but no, I, it, it's a fine match. It does what it needs to do. Um, it still builds Gunther up and it still puts him towards the record, which. I think he's got he's got he's got to break the record now. I think it'll be very stupid mm. to really make a big deal about this and for him to fall at the, at the last hill. I think with a lot of a lot of times when you have the oh the record, the record, the record side of things, it's like when they start talking about the records, there there is no way WWE are gonna stop someone from hitting the record now. Because if they start talking about the record, that means they're gonna keep supporting that record until it gets broken. Mm. And then they'll lose. So basically I, I have a feeling Gunther will hit the record and then he will lose the belt straight away. It's one of those things. It's like, okay, you go be ring general. Your time is else. done. <laughs> Your time is done. Go for the World Heavyweight Championship. That's what you need to do now. That's fine. Um, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fine. It was a good match. It's not amazing, but it's not the worst match I've seen with Gunther against someone. So. Then we come to the World Heavyweight Championship match as Finn Balor and his seven-year revenge quest came to a, to face Seth Rollins. Seth Ree? That's not his name. Seth Rollins <laughs> once again. I don't know who that is. That's his brother now, apparently. But <laughs> goes to face Seth Rollins. This match, this was a good match. I, I'm, I will admit that. Again, I wasn't massively into it. And the ending, while creative, annoyed me because it made Finn... To just come across like one, a bit of a, a whiny twonk, but also a bit of a silly guy as well in the process, because it sort of came to a point where Finn was hitting everything, and there was a definitive moment when you legit thought, "Oh my god, he's going to win it," because he hit a couple of moves, went up to the coup de gras, but then Rollins kicked out. That's when Damian Priest started walking down the aisle, which we could see everybody looking at, and eventually the camera cut to eventually. And then he gets at ringside and looks like he's going to offer the briefcase either to cash in or to like use it as a weapon. And Balor was saying something to the effect of, no, 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 we're sticking with plan A. We're not going to plan B yet. Or words to that effect. 
this then eventually leads to Rhea and Dom coming out, of which they end up getting taken out and such. I can't remember exactly who, how it was that that occurred, but they end up getting hit down, as it were. They get struck down. And this then leads to Damian Priest having to make a choice, in essence. Because Finn Balor is suddenly kind of calling for assistance to Damian Priest. Well, because there would have been a, like a ref bump during this point as well, if memory serves. And this then led to Damian Priest putting the briefcase... Oh, no, actually, the ref had not gone down. Sorry, I apologize. He was distracted, I think. Thank you, I misspoke. Uh, He put the briefcase in the ring, very far away from Balor, awkwardly far away, you might say. He then walks around the other side of the ring to distract the referee himself, at which point Finn is looking over going, partly, the heck are you doing, mate? Just throw it to me. Fine, I'll go and get it. He goes to grab it, and as he's, like, leaning over the top of it, Rollins then just does a curb stomp in his face into the briefcase, which again was both creatively a wonderful moment, but also made Finn to look like a total idiot at the same time, in my opinion, which then led him to get pinned and defeated. And Damien Priest just doing the best poker face in the world of what? What do you want from me? <laughs> I, I didn't do anything, but but don't worry. You're still my favorite Finn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ish. Um, <laughs> see, like I say, I, I, I applaud what they did in the match itself. I just, again, wasn't massively into it, but I appreciate what I saw. And the ending, like I mentioned a few times now, while creative in how they got to it, it did just make Finn look like the biggest idiot in the world. And I genuinely still think Finn winning and having that sort of looming presence over his shoulder of Damian Priest in the briefcase while he is champion would have been really, really fun to see. But, uh, but Harriet, I'll start with you. Thoughts on this encounter? I think this was one of my favourite matches of the night, actually. Um, I like the whole thing of um, the seven across the torn shoulder as well. That was very good. Um, and then just Finn literally on the attack, using the same moves that was used on him seven years ago. It literally was a full circle moment, and I was thinking, oh, this is it. He's actually going to win. I, I was expecting it to happen um shenanigans or not but no it was it was <laughs> it so was shenanigans. A... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was no it was a really good match i i did like the storytelling i knew judgment day would be involved in some form i think dom was taken out by seth i think i think he did the curve stomp on him outside the ring i think that's how mm. it happened and then Rhea tended to him because Rhea, mommy um <laughs> <laughs> queen <laughs> um yeah i did like the end it i'm I, I mean i just like the way they panned in straight on to damien and the the face of just like oh. of like yeah seriousness like yeah it's like, it's like oh, I, no. I didn't know whether or not it was like <laughs> i did mean to do that uh, you didn't know if it was to seth or to finn that's the thing you yeah. didn't know whether it was like you were doing it because you wanted seth yeah that's what i liked and then the whole shaking of the head afterwards, it's like, well, that plan definitely went out the window. But I did enjoy this match. It, it, in my opinion, it was well told. Yeah, I wish Finn would have won. It would have made more sense for him to win. So I don't know what's going to happen from here because, yeah, you still have that kind of crack in the, in the team as such now that you have this kind of between Finn and Damien. 
Well, yeah, the, yeah. The crack's the been kind of forced open a little bit with the resurgence of JD Madonna on Raw this True. past week. So I, I think there is there is more more kind of disagreements to come. Um, so but the for, result for, con- for, for context, sorry, what what what, what does that mean? Because I've not seen Raw. So so in so, a nutshell, so what what occurred? So for the last couple of, I think for a small period of time. Uh, a couple of months ago, JD Madonna has been uh, the former Jordan Devlin, uh, if anyone wants to go further back into WWE, um, has been lingering around Raw, lurking in the background and kind of randomly talking to Finn now and then. Because in real life, Finn is the person who trained JD yeah. Madonna. So in Raw this week, I think they were, I think uh, Priest was trying to have a word with Balor, uh, but Balor wanted JD by his side. For, for anything and then there's like oh bit of tension there so maybe it's it it, it, it comes ahead with either a, another civil war in a different faction or basically either Balor goes alone or priest you know, the more likely it is that it might be everyone turns on priest and priest gets mm. a sudden kind of sudden like tweener baby face kind of run mm. with, with the briefcase or something like that who knows I'm, I'm i'm just kind of i'm kind of pondering things out loud but no there's there's still a lot of legs in the Judgment Day story, which is exciting, um, I think a lot. I think we all kind of suspected Balor was going to win. It didn't happen, but I'm I'm not annoyed at the results, and I, I kind of I kind of like the finish. I, I I thought the finish was kind of was kind of fine. I mean, in terms of it was Balor's hubris and just ultimate attempt to get revenge any way possible, which became his undoing. And I think it's like you could argue that Damien Priest tried to help, it didn't work, and he just got frustrated with Finn. And just went, here you go, have a have the case and do something with it. Oh no, you've been stomped. Never mind. Friend. Friend. <laughs> Friend Finn. Friend. Friend Finn. <laughs> do, 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 do we go for pizza? 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 Good pizza or corner shop pizza? You know. <laughs> Carbs, Detroit pizza. <laughs> there you go. You want carbs now, Finn? Yes. <laughs> yes. No. no. Okay. I'll have a carb. I've got the donut. A, a, a single carb. A single carb. <laughs> I just keep remembering. I keep remembering the, the, the line that when Moxie was in Ambrose on WWE, he just looked at Balor and just went, "For God's sake, man, eat a carb." <laughs> it's the little things you remember, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so for the next match, let's talk about this in two chunks. We'll do the post match as a separate entity on mm-hmm. itself. But we had the three way match with Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair challenging Oscar for. I'm going to say the WWE Women's Championship, but I legit don't remember the name of it at this point. That's right. Still too it is, Good. Yeah. Good. I had a fifty fifty chance. I scored. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll start with you this time. Thoughts on this match? Um, I thought this was this was a fairly decent match. I mean, it it, it felt a bit rough around the edges, and that's probably because sometimes style mixes a little bit, I suppose. But um, no, it was it was good. It was good in terms of each of the rest, each Bianca, Oscar, and Charlotte were kind of doing moves, having their moves were kind of reversed by other members of the team. Oh, that sort of stuff. It's, it it was a good sort of back and forth. I think the main, I think the slight cruxes of it were basically coming down to. Well, uh, well, I think the, the key thing I think we haven't mentioned about just yet is the is the knee injury uh, that kind of happened during the match to the C four branded Bianca Belair. Might I also add, um, which was oh that that 
that brand sponsorship was terrible. <laughs> it's mm. like you're going to dress like a can of C4 Energy and you're going to drink a can as well. The, the <laughs> fact I did watch this on notice when I watched it back this like, morning, she literally turned the can so it yeah, made sure you like, could see. It's like, see the logo, <laughs> see the logo. Yeah. Yeah. What well, what I want to know is how do they get rid of the can? Like, did someone just suddenly come out like with a little tray and go, "Please, Miss Bianca, thank you." Or, 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 or maybe, or maybe the can was empty to begin with. So maybe, maybe shock empty. horror. There you go. Maybe shock horror. She never drank any C four energy. Yeah. C four energy. Say, if she took a oh, sip no. of C four, did the C four contribute to her knee injury? Possibly. But then it'll be like, oh, but C4 took Bianca all the way to win the women's championship for all but two minutes. Yep. <laughs> I think it was it was it was it was a fine match. I mean, I I don't I think the uh, I think the post match is more memorable for it. To be perfectly honest, and uh, and I think if 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 memory serves right, I think I was the only one on this on this group that said a cashing would happen if Oscar didn't win. Yeah. So I take that victory. Thank you get you the very much. Yeah. <laughs> I am a soothsayer. Um, say. um, but yeah, the the match the match is okay. It's just it's it's the post match I think which is a bit more talkative. I think the moment Bianca wins with the knee injury, you know it's happening. And uh, mm. it's just kind of like it's. And I think I think I would have been more annoyed with the result if Bianca had the knee injury. We had the cash in, and Bianca still had the bloody belt at this time. If that happened, I would have just. Yeah. Mm. I don't trust Cashins anymore, Jeremy. They always <laughs> go wrong. Or they just mean fuck all. <laughs> Harriet, your thoughts on the match? Assemble <laughs> one swear word, I'm happy. <laughs> it was a very quick cash in as well, anyway, but moving mm. on. Um, yeah, the match was okay. I think. I think there was one moment where Charlotte had a bit of a wardrobe malfunction, which kind of like halted the match a little bit. And you could see Oscar and Belair in the corner, like, okay, what do we do? Oh, submission sort of thing. Ah. And then just kind of, yeah, just went off. So, um, yeah, it was okay. I will say this though. Um, Bianca sold that knee injury really mm. well. I legitimately thought yeah. it was, and the bang as well. Like when you heard it, and then you heard her like genuinely. I was it, like, oh my god! It's yeah. like it's it's very well done that you see the body go over. But I I, I feel, and I and I don't want to try and wreck the magic here. But what I think mm. kind of happened is she went over the rope, and then basically it's either a hand or something that just smacks yeah. the the steps just to make that injury. Because I don't think you, I don't recall seeing it from any other angle other than they didn't. The hard cam. They kind of a, a little bit to the left, but, but you, it wasn't. But you, don't, no. you don't see that. You don't see the impact. I mean, That's it's cool. kind of like it, it felt like it felt like a legitimate story injury angle because mm. you didn't obviously you didn't see anyone do the dreaded X. Yeah, the X side side of things, but the the sense of her being pulled. Basically, two things were going to happen. I think at this stage is either Bianca's going to fight through the pain and lose valiantly. And Oscar survives, or it's the way Charlotte takes the belt for the brief seconds, or what actually happened is she fights through the pain, and it's Bianca wins. Huzzah! Adversity again. We've overcome <laughs> all. We've overcome injury adversity this time to, to mm. win a belt. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that the way that the injury, quote unquote, came about was very well done. Like you say, Harriet, mm. there was just. There was something about it to where, for a good few seconds, I thought, "Oh crud!" 
like yeah. literally just has yeah. her knee literally just imploded or something like what has happened yeah. and again not to like not to sound incredibly cynical and clearly just a bit of a, of a, a smark in some way but as soon as i saw a television camera focusing on her i thought she's fine literally but yeah because it, it, it basically when injuries are legitimate you the they camera never, the, the yeah. camera never yeah. focuses on them. So the moment yeah. it's like the moment you you hear the commentators talk about it and keep focusing on it, it's like, yeah, this is a storyline injury. Yeah, but yeah. It, there's it, ways to sort of realize, as it were, and that's not to take away the magic and such. But yeah, no. this match overall, though, I genuinely think this was one of the worst matches on the show, okay. and the reason for that is not anything against the performers that were because they're all great. It's just I think you might have said it, Harriet. The key word. The Clash of Styles, or it might have been Ian. I can't remember which that one was, it was. That was Ian. Sorry, that was me, yeah. But yeah, the Clash of Styles just did not work in this. And there were just quite a few moments where it just it just felt clunky. I think that's the way mm. to describe it. And it was just that's a lot... Fair. It felt like it was just like a lot... You're driving down like a road, but there's lots of speed bumps. And you just keep awkwardly having to go over the speed bumps. That's kind of what it felt like at times. But as soon as the knee injury happened, and it was suddenly just one-on-one -on -one for a while between Charlotte and Oscar. It was like yeah. they suddenly managed to get into second gear down the road because suddenly we really got a semblance of a match. And then there was the moment as well, which it's, it's very difficult to try and describe how I feel about this, but there was the moment where Bianca was kind of walking down the ramp. But I think Charlotte had the figure eight on, on Asuka. Mm. And then Bianca sort of runs back to the ring. I'm thinking, oh, okay, you're going to break up the submission. You know, Good on you, Bianca. Good job. And instead, she decides to go to the top rope and do a 450. And I thought, that's so much worse on your knee. What are you doing? It's like, I am so injured. I know, I'll do this painful thing. <laughs> I'll make it worse. The <laughs> Adrenaline in my soul. It went for Cody, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a, it was an insane moment, but logically, it was totally out the window. But, but ultimately, it, but ultimately, it came down to Bianca being able to get a what I'm going to describe as a cheeky roll up on Asuka yeah. to, to to get the win. And at that point, uh, admittedly, at this point, because I had not enjoyed the match that much, I just thought, for God's sake, I watched all of that, and that was the way you ended it. And as soon as EO's music hit, I just thought. Freaking it, yes, let's do this. Which leads us into the second element I mentioned, where we had the cash in where EO Sky is running down the ramp. And you can notably see Bailey getting further and further away in the distance as the camera is following EO, which is a wonderful <laughs> visual. And Charlotte and Asuka are taken out on the outside once Bailey had caught up and had got the briefcase and smacked them both in the face. This then led to EO cashing in and EO doing her absolutely beautiful moonsault on Bianca and getting the win. And this is probably the loudest the crowd was all night for this post-match segment. It was the most memorable thing like had been mentioned already in our recaps. And the bit that was the icing on the cake was when Dakota Kai showed up, who yeah. apparently, per like a Twitch stream she did, she said she basically got the call like four hours earlier to get on a plane to get to the building because they needed her. So it was kind of a last minute thing for her to be there, but it just made the moment feel complete and Again, like I talked about in the Cody Brock stuff, it felt so genuine. Mm. And that's what made this really, really a fantastic moment. It's, I, I it, loved it so much. It's a good full circle moment because it's a year to the it's around yeah. the year to the time where <clears throat> they all arrived at SummerSlam. So, together, so yeah. within twelve months, one of them is mm. women's champion. Mm. 
Yeah. And in terms and in terms of where they can go next, obviously the match I want to see is Asuka versus EO. Give gimme give me it now. <laughs> the, <laughs> give me the carbs. I mean, I can throw <laughs> I can I can throw I can throw a third card into that mix. Go on. Um, depending if rumors are true. Kyrie saying. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Out. Oh, so happy to hear that. Because really yeah, there are rumors that she is she is coming back, but mm. obviously at the moment it's kind of like no on hiatus at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and I think she's got a couple more matches she needs to. I think she made a random appearance in all Japan, yeah. to which everyone yeah. pretty much went, wait, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so there's a couple more things, but yeah, that's another potential thing. Look, if the, if the WWE Women's Division is basically going to become a Japanese Women's Division for a while, I have zero issue with this. Give Maybe me a Joshi are. division in WWE. <laughs> this will be great. But I yeah, th like this cash-in fact... was fantastic, though. So, sorry, Harry, after you, but the cash-in oh, was fantastic. I was going to say, I like the fact that it referenced stardom as well in this. Yeah. They they was just like from stardom to WWE. I was just like, yeah. good call, good call. Clearly, Vince, it's clear, clearly, Vince is not in the building for this one. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> I I loved the end, the very ending when like she was putting on the belt and like, and then she took it off and she was just like, you could see like the childhood, like the like the child the child in her just go. Yay! I finally did it. So sort of, it was so beautiful. I did like the whole full circle moment of Dakota coming out, mm. and um, yeah, I, I, I think someone said it earlier, but I don't want this team to split. I think I know there was sort of doubts, but please keep them together for now. It's really cute, and uh, I oh, it was just I didn't like the way I didn't like the match, but this made up for it tenfold. Yeah. It agreed did. completely. Ian, any additional thoughts? No, no, I think we've I think I've covered all my my bullet points on this one. Then we come about 45 minutes later to the main event. <laughs> like legitimately, the, the gap in between this match, not even just the segment starting and stuff. There was a lot that happened in between this. I, I think the timing, I think Wrestle Talk at the timing, I think it took from the video for the match to the bell ring, and I think is nearly 17 to 30 minutes worth. Mm -hmm. It's like what? I looked at the clock because it's it, because it because the whole last match is a bloody hour. And yeah, it wasn't was even an hour. No, that's yeah. the thing. I was going to say there was like an hour left, and it was like one match left, and it's I'm like, like, it's like either this is going to be something epic, or this is just overindulgence to the point of bloody hell. Please stop. I want to get off. I feel sick. I'm going to vomit in this bin. I'm I want to make one reference and it was something that was shown earlier on in the night and I don't know if you want to talk about this or not but they showed a package of Becky Lynch they showed like what was happening with the rival with, with her and Becky you could have easily put this in instead mm. of wasting an hour and I'm, that's my only gripe that's the only thing I'm kind of really annoyed about but you, mm. you could have had that extra match in there Yeah. also Rhea not wrestling either you know yep there's she hasn't other defended it's, uh, in a while. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one with Rhea at the moment because obviously Rhea is definitely over, and people want oh, to see Rhea just yeah. beat the ever loving crap out of people. I think it's, I think the trouble that they've had, and I don't know if it's more to do with the creative side of things, is basically comfortably building someone up to actually have a proper like feud match with Rhea. Mm. I mean, it kind of works with uh, Zaynia because it's. It was in Puerto Rico for for backlash. Um, the Natalia thing, even though she got completely squashed in our champions, apparently the Raw match that they eventually had was actually pretty damn good. Yeah. 
and it was kind of more akin to what she was doing with Charlotte at WrestleMania. And at this moment, they're still kind of, I think we are heading towards Rodriguez versus Rhea because Rodriguez jumped Rhea this week on Raw and, and tried to beat her. Match. And that should oh, be same. fun. That should be fun because they were buddies in NXT. And they had they had a good rivalry in NXT. So this should translate to the main roster quite nicely. Um, yeah, it's, it's just very weird. It's mm. very weird how it's just kind of, not really kind of we've not i mean obviously the judgment day stuff so maybe they're being cautious of how much judgment day stuff's going on and if yeah. that's the case why are they not well the argument is obviously bloodline is extremely popular and and makes all the money for wwe at times hmm. other but than then as you were saying stuff. earlier if the judgment day could be leading in itself to another type of civil war then there's mm. too much civil war ray there's too much civil war going on you get a civil war, Jeremy. You get a civil war, Harriet. We're all getting civil wars. Come yeah. on, let's get some fireworks. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to fight with people now. But, um, but, 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 but speaking of civil wars, but, but speaking of civil wars, though, so, so as we talked about in the preview, this was billed as, <clears throat> I'm going to speak away from the microphone so I can replicate this again, tribal combat. Thank you very much. Thank you. I've got my moment. That's what I wanted. There we go. Now, as we talked about on the preview, it was explicitly stated on television as well as WWE.com and is still on WWE.com's website where, per WWE.com staff, the rules of the match were as follows. Anything goes, but no one can interfere until Jay and Roman's match is over. The silence says it all. Really. <laughs> yeah. So I hated this. the thing about so I'm going to try and succinctly <laughs> as succinctly as I can recap this match. If you're used to Roman Reigns matches for the past couple of years, it was one of those. It didn't need to be. This was the one... Oh, continue. But, but, correct me if I'm wrong, there wasn't a ref bump. There wasn't, no! <gasps> there wasn't. The circle's broken. <gasps> I don't think there was. Okay, the majority it's, it's of still, this it's match. Still, it's still a Roman Reigns <laughs> match, but there just yeah. wasn't a ref bump this time. <laughs> That's the <laughs> only thing I remember. Change, the winds of change are coming. Oh, no, he's going to lose the title so soon. <laughs> he's going to lose the title. If they, if they, oh, can't, if they can't do it, he's going to lose. He's going to lose the title. Ref bumps. The refs are smart now. They've got armored plating on. <laughs> then they'll go. Huh? <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, almost spared me. Almost spared me. Oh no! Uh, uh, bunch. Uh, <laughs> but so the thing about this match, I was most looking for. Well, not where I was on the show at this point. I just wanted the show to end when I was watching it. But that aside, the thing that I was most intrigued about this match was the fact that there was no interference. So I was thinking, right, it's literally one on one. This could be a completely different feeling match. This could be, it wasn't, just like a 20-minute really fast brawl. It would feel totally different from what we've had because at this point, not every Roman Reigns match needs to be an Avengers film, quite frankly. Mm. It doesn't need to be the final act of an Avengers film, literally the final hour. You could just have it be shorter. You're allowed to do that, WWE. You really are. But this match was really slow. It felt like we had something happen, and then there was about five minutes before the next thing happened. 
the majority of the time. There were some cool moments in it. Like there was the one moment when you suddenly thought, is Jay going to win this? Because he kind of got a couple of moves and got the splash. That was the one moment. There were callbacks to past moments in the story. I think the strap was a callback to their Hell in a Cell match, Ian. You might remember better than I do. I believe so, yes. And there was a cool moment with the, the Samoan drop through the tables as well. There were some really cool moments in this match. It just took half an hour to get most of them. Hmm. And then they started brawling into the crowd. And there was a conveniently slightly, ever so slightly, one foot raised stage where suddenly Solo Sokoa appears. And at that exact moment, I pretty much just shouted, oh, F off. I think I was the same. <laughs> Literally, because in the back of my brain, per WWE.com, quote unquote, no one can interfere until Jay and Roman's match is over. Yes, Ian. Side note, and we didn't talk about this during Cody's match. Cody used the stairs. Yeah. And he didn't get disqualified. Brock put Cody through a table. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to come across like that, sorry. (laughs) Point withdrawn. (laughs) (laughs) So Solo Sakura interferes. We get, quite frankly, just the usual bollocks of what happens in a Roman Reigns match. It's just endless beatdowns. Eventually, they get back to the ring. Suddenly, one of the big, one of, one of the big storyline moments of the match was the fact that Roman actually speared Solo. And Solo mm. did the. What the F? What the hell? Why? Me? You, you speared Why? me? <laughs> Why? I'm so sorry. So we're clearly going to get Roman and Solo at some point. Like, mm. park that for, like, I don't know, WrestleMania 52 at this point, because, you know, the bloodline <laughs> story is going to go on for a while. But then there's a moment where Jay is suddenly getting the upper hand again. He's taken Solo out. And you're sort of thinking, right, we're finally, like, 40 minutes later or whatever it is now, getting to the end of this match. And then we get a big moment of one, two, and suddenly Jay is pulled out. And it's a hooded man or hooded oh, figure, no. I should say. Who could it be? And of course, most people are probably thinking, oh, it's another member of the family. Who's it gonna be? And then the, they they un unhood. They they reveal they themselves. They lowered the hood. They lowered the go. hood. They, they, they the reveal hood. themselves to be Jimmy Uso. And but then we get them? a minute of absolutely nothing happening, and eventually. A super kick of insurmountable doom on his brother. He's thrown back in the ring. Roman does his whatever. And then he wins. But notably, there was a look of confusion on the face of of Signor Roman. So what does that mean? What could it mean? But at the end of the day, I think I can speak for all of us in saying a lot of the Roman Reigns stuff has been a swing and you've hit a home run, to use a baseball analogy. This was the definition of not doing that. Because Mm -hmm. this just did not work. Aside from the fact it was kind of a given Jay wasn't going to win. That aside, there was so much to make this feel unique. And Mm. it should have been. Because it's a key moment, in theory, in the Bloodline story. But ultimately, this was a giant swing and a miss. And it's a real shame. Ian, after you for for some thoughts. Before before we get to like the, the, the the why element. I, mean, I, I haven't really got any further things to really talk about in the match. I think just generally it's kind of like 
I think one of the things I think we've enjoyed with the Bloodline matches is the storytelling aspect of it, of mm-hmm. the storytelling being very, very good. And it just felt very flat. I mean, it's like the whole thing about Jimmy versus Jay. I mean, on a beat, I think with an interview with Errol Hawani, they said they wanted to do eventually do a brother versus brother thing. So maybe it's WWE going to go, oh, they want to do that? All right, fine. Well, everything we've done with them so far has brought us money and all that with Bloodline, so why not? And I can answer, I think if, if this is going to work, if they're going to go off with the, the brother v. brother thing, it's got to work narratively because right now it doesn't. And maybe we'll get some explanations on Friday SmackDown, uh, on Friday SmackDown, whatever, maybe, who knows. But I would have just preferred Roman to win clean. Mm-hmm. And I would have gone, fine, we can close the chapter on this little thing and we move on to the next chapter of the bloodline. And it just it just feels so sudden and so out there that three weeks after being written off with an injury, Jimmy's back and just gone, oh, by the way, I'm, I don't like you anymore. Sorry. Or I'm annoyed and I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I can speak for all of us. I'll get to your thoughts in a second, Harriet. Sorry. But I think I can speak for all of us in saying... They've based, for me, but I think I can speak for all of us, there's effectively one chance to justify this. Hmm. It's not a, we'll hear from Jimmy, and he just is standing in the ring and says nothing and walks out. Like, if that happens, it's like, no, I'm I'm kind of dumb. You've got to make this work. There are potentially some ways they can work around this. It could be a brother being jealous angle. Maybe mm-hmm. something's happened we don't know about. Maybe it's just the way that Jimmy was spoken about in the past. Maybe it's one thing that's been lingering. And finally, you know, he's kind of snapped from it. That aside, I'll park that for a few moments. But they've got basically one chance to justify this for a lot of people, not just us. But Harriet, your thoughts on the match and also the, the, the Jimmy side of things as well. You're right. It was slow. Um, <laughs> you've seen my actions but it's just like it was a slow build up I really was hoping for a clean pin or this I mean I've really you know how much I've really enjoyed the storyline but I'm now at the point it's just like really want to invest in this anymore it's kind of <sighs> I don't know. Um, I did like the references and the callback. I did like the fact when the the belt hit, that was it. Roman was bleeding. So that was a pretty good hit when when Jay hit him with the belt. Um, table bump was good. All the chairs was funny. I I will say one of my favorite lines was Corey was building up this whole hype of, um, oh well, Jay shouldn't attack because you know they're a family, they stick together, whatnot, blah blah blah. And then I I forgot what happened afterwards. I think Jay pulled out a table, and then Corey went, "Do you know what I just said? That's out the window. Just forget it. Loyalty's not." (laughs) (laughs) I will admit that did make me chuckle when I heard that. Paul as well acted brilliantly like don't hurt him he loves you and blah 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 and whatnot but the stare he gave at the end when everything was done and like jimmy was looking at jay you could just see paul over the 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 corner on his shoulder that evil stare really was just like whoa that's what you get (laughs) sort Mm. of thing Mm. but i know i hated the ending i really did i legitimately I think when I first watched it, I screamed out and it was literally like, what the? And then, yeah, I was just like, do you know what? 
Let's see what happens on SmackDown. I would, I really, 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 really want to see how they do this. But if they do a walkout, um, or if there is a walkout and nothing done. But uh, I think they did kind of say that it was a way of introducing it or whatever. Bring them back to the island of relevancy. That's what I heard. So mm. I don't know how true that is. But no, I did not like this ending. The match was slow. It went on way too long than it should. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of lent, uh, finished this match just like, you know what? Nah. <laughs> I don't know if I like this. It was just, just like, yeah. I mean, I am a Roman fan, but after this and after the Bloodline storyline, it's just like, okay, I'm really starting to see it fade out. And it's just like, what can you do from here? I know you jokingly said, Ian, WrestleMania 52, I think we're getting to that to this point. <laughs> I know, right? He, he said 52. Oh, sorry. Um, That's okay. um, but it's, it's I, I think, like... if I may quickly interject, because one of the things I... Uh, I sent a very long text message to a mate of mine describing my, my at-the-time thoughts on this. My exact words were, it's basically just same shit, different ending. Yep. That's basically what it was. And at yeah. this point, like I said, it was the chance for it to be different. And it's what it needed because everyone pretty much knew in some way, shape or form, Roman was going to walk out with that belt. Mm. Haven't we had the jealousy angle anyway before? Like there was like a divide between the brothers when they were fighting for the spot of like the right hand man before Solo came in. I think there was, yeah, I think there was a, that in essence of when Jimmy came back, it was kind of Jimmy and Jay were kind of wondering where their place was a little bit and eventually mm. started with Roman. I don't think there was kind of, a, I don't think there was a jealousy aspect to it. It was just kind of trying to see what side people are on. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what they do for next, uh, for whatever's next on this. I think the, the, the slight caveat, which is the reports have come out, is Roman was injured in the match. Mm, oh, I was really? going to bring that up, yeah. Yeah. I think it was during the. Um, I think he wasn't prepared for when Jay flew out the ring and hit him on the the side of the the oh. barrier and hit him in the back. Yeah. So that's what they're saying. But oh, that kind of really awkward dive spot where you, yeah. it kind of felt incredibly not. What's the way to put it? It just yeah, not prepared. As it yeah. There was. It was like the one moment where you're like that felt off. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, because. Yeah. With the injury thing, apparently Roman was supposed to do the press conference thing. It was only Paul that came out for that. So don't know what the, I mean. They're they're keeping tight on what the extent of the injury is, but apparently, according to reports, it's not necessarily something that's going to derail the storyline. But the fact of the matter is, Roman doesn't wrestle every time, so it's like no. I was going to say they could basically just keep him off for like a month if they really yeah. wanted to. They yeah. they've got quite yeah. to do that because at this point. Looking at it from a different angle now, look, aside from like the whole Jimmy stuff from it, so I appreciate we're sort of running long, so we'll start gradually wrapping this up and whatnot. But you could go on the idea now that Roman's like, right, that's all done. I'm going away for a while. Find me a new challenger. It's like, and when you've got your next challenger, give me a call and I'll defend the belt. And yeah. you could conceivably keep him away for a while in that respect, allowing the Jay and Jimmy thing to play out however it ultimately is. There's a little event called Payback, so maybe Jay will want some payback, you know? That's oh, an appalling way to put it, but there you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, we've sort of given our very detailed thoughts on SummerSlam and appreciating it was a, at this point when we're recording, it's like four or five days ago. So 
I think it's good to get it on record because even though we all, you know, enjoyed at least parts of it, quite a divisive show by, mm. by sort of our discussion standards. Normally we're all kind of nearly on the same mark here, but there's definitely some different thoughts. And in, in many ways, that's what kind of makes this show from a historical point of view so intriguing. Yeah. Hmm. So from there, in terms of what is next, obviously we need to hear what Jimmy is going to say because there needs to be some kind of justification. So one assumes probably by the time most folks are seeing this, SmackDown is either about to happen or will be happening imminently. I'm not sure the timeline is being published, Ian, so forgive me for speaking out of turn there. No worries, that's fine. So either way, the Jimmy explanation in theory will be coming. In terms of Cody Rhodes, not really sure what's next, Ian. Did anything massively occur um, Well, there was more Judgment Day stuff. I think the more that it's there is a, a bit of a different direction for Seth coming, and it was one that I don't think anyone kind of saw coming, no, but it's actually one yeah. that's actually quite interesting as well. So basically, uh, Cody did kind of tease the sort, I might go and have a feud with Seth again. Um, and then Judgment Day turned up, as they did, uh, and they wanted to have a, a, another fight and stuff like that. So it ended up being a... A uh, six-man tag with Judgment Day with Cody, Seth, and Sami Zayn, who was obviously still hmm. going around halfway through the halfway through Raw. Sami yeah, Zayn they, they get... weren't on SummerSlam, were they? Owens no, because Kevin Owens, Owens is injured, and uh, and, and Sami might be now as well. And Sami has an issue with his elbow as well. Um, so tag halfway... belts are cursed. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so halfway through halfway through the show, Sami is is jumped and and left injured. So they need a new partner. In steps Shinsuke Nakamura. Hmm. Uh, so they have they have a they have the the main events. Cody and Seth work together to put away Judgment Day again. Everyone's celebrating, and then Nakamura can shashes the face off Rollins. Hmm. Full heel turn, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for a full heel turn. So I think Rollins is definitely going to have a battle with Nakamura, which will be fun. It's That'll new. Be good it's fun. different. It's. I don't think we've. I don't think we've properly seen them one on one either. No, I don't think we have. So uh, in a way, mm. this is this should be good. It should I'm be intrigued. It should be good. I mean, I still think Judgment Day is going to be lingering around Seth because I think there's some stuff still unresolved a bit. I mean, I I still potentially see Balor taking the belt at some point, and then mm. and then the whole Damien stuff kicks off. Mm. Uh, Intercontinental Championship wise, uh, Chad Gable won a Fatal Four Way in his hometown. Oh, so, I'm well up for seeing him v Gunther. That's yeah, yeah, he won a won a four way battle between him, Tommaso Ciampa, Ricochet, and Matt Riddle. Fun match as well. Uh, so we got all that. I've talked about Rhea and Rhea and and Rodriguez as well. That's happening as well. Um, yeah, so that I think the one thing we didn't properly talk about, and it happened on SmackDown before. Uh, Street Profits have possibly gone heel because they turned yes. up in the nice shiny suits Ooh. with Bobby. And they completely decimated a tag match. They, I think they. Oh wait, with Bobby Lashley, so it might be like a new version of the Hurt Business or similar. Then. Two point yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, they they kind of threw out a match between the the OC and um and the Brawling Brutes, and they just turned up and just went, oh, we're just gonna beat the ever loving shit out of people. All right. <laughs> and then Bobby just comes out, and they and they and Bobby and that they still get like a huge baby face pop. So it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, they're bad guys, but they're cool bad guys. They've got silks. <laughs> They've got the finest silks available, and they're dressed in them. 
and all that sort of things. It's weird seeing like street profits in different attire, other than like their like their sports attire jerseys. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, oh, Angelo Dawkins is in a suit. Looks cool. I think uh, so. We'll probably see some extension on that, maybe on SmackDown this week. Moving forward, it's it's obviously the start of a new faction or yeah. restart of a faction. So it's all all kind of good. But um, yeah, anything occur with Shayna following the pay per view? Uh, I think she's about to enter a potential uh, feud with Becky. Yes, nice. she she, she's on the list of who she wants to beat. I'm excited yeah. for that. Nice. Yeah, so I, I think did... one. So once the... Becky and Trish have their match sorted out in a couple of weeks' time in Canada, I think it will turn to Shayna. I will mm. say Becky this week. Oh, with the lemonade. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think she made an Instagram post about lemonade. Also. Triple H mentioned, you know, if you give lemons, you make lemonade. Just casually comes out to ringside with like glasses of lemonade, drinks. Wade, it, does Wade Barrett going, "This is this is lemonade, Michael. <laughs> this is lemonade. This is this isn't like blood alcohol, it's like seltzer." I was thinking earlier, you know, with the C four with Bianca, and there was nothing in the can. My mind went straight. To... <laughs> are like, you aware of the? Um, are you aware of the stuff that Becky was doing on social media over the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Where she's yeah, literally but... in the kitchen making lemonade. Yeah. So, literally. <laughs> just... And then the, the, the nod of the spit, like the Triple H spit, it was just like, <laughs> that's for you, Hunter. <laughs> 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 you know, basically, I, I did like that. Mm. But, yeah. If stuff. there is going to be a rivalry between those two, i looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. And then there's the, the whole commentary shakeup now. Basically, Michael yes. Cole's on both shows. Or basically, mm. they moved Barrett and Cole to Raw. Uh, Cole remains on SmackDown, but Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves go to SmackDown on Fridays. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the reasoning behind that is um, Endeavor, who have obviously the, the company that's buying WWE, they want kind of like a, the, the proper public face. So it's like, for example, how in AEW you've got Excalibur on pretty much most most of their sort of front front. Or Tony Schiavone, for a good example. I mm. think they just want Michael Cole to be like the host face of yeah. WWE. Makes sense. Makes sense. How do you get a pay rise for that? <laughs> oh, well. Double duty or triple. Yeah. All yeah, the duty. You had, you had a freaking PLE into it. It's, yeah, that's it's like, what if he turns up in XT? <laughs> <laughs> I actually would be actually quite today. It'd be good. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, anything else to, uh, to impart on, on the wonderful audience, then, folks? Any other additional thoughts, be it on SummerSlam, post thoughts, any other business, as it were? Now is the time. Mr. Ian. No. Harriet, anything additional from you? Please do win a better on the women's division for the next pay-per-view. <laughs> I mean, What's up with the tag belts, by the way? Because uh, Sonya Deville's knee's gone, isn't it? And I don't, don't know. Know. No, no. They're thinking. It, they're thinking about it. It hasn't been addressed. I think they, they, they talked about it, but yeah, they haven't come to a thing yeah. Yet, mm. yet. that's why I said the tag belt's a curse because yeah. Ronda was injured earlier as well and Liv is also injured mm. um, so yeah we'll see we'll yeah. there we go well folks thank you very much for listening and or watching we hope you enjoyed the show if you enjoy the show today why not hit the subscribe button be it on your podcast platform of choice or on YouTube so you can get be kept up to date with more podcasts as they become available. Harriet, thank you so much once again for coming on the show. If people want to find your content and such, what's the best way they can get in touch and and, and find you, I was going to say, but that was a really weird way to phrase it. But how can people find your content? 
uh i'm on twitter at manga girl 232 i post a lot of my stuff on there at the moment i'm just finishing off the monday night war reactions of season three i think episode uh 23 has just gone live next one's friday and then the last one's on monday after that i don't know but i'd stream also twice a week oh yeah my youtube is manga girl uh 232 at the end of dot com uh and then i'm on twitch once or twice a week uh and uh harriet under manga girl underscore manga girl i can't talk tonight <laughs> but um if you follow me on twitter i post a lot of my stuff on there anyway when i'm going live etc and links to stuff that i'm doing excellent stuff ian good sir any additional thoughts or any other ways that people can get in touch with us should they want to do so well, if someone wants to get in touch with us, just simply eat a Slim Jim and email us at contact at bunkermania.com. It's deliciously meaty. Yeah. And by the way, we are not sponsored by Slim Jim, just to make that abundantly clear. Not an ad. <laughs> not an ad. <laughs> but but we do like food or drink. So I mean, like, I mean we need food and drink. Don't <laughs> <we>? <laughs> I mean, look. You know what? I was going to say something about Pepsi and Maxwell to the sponsor. I think we're just going to leave it there. Folks, thank you very much for listening and or watching. Until next time here on Bunker Mania Wrestling, thank you very much for listening to us talk about wrestling. And remember, keep on enjoying wrestling because that's why we're all here. Until next time, take care. <laughs>